0: So tonight I want to talk with you about inspiring courage in your life. I have some words of encouragement to deliver. Will you agree with me? Amen for utterance. Glory to God. Encouragement means to inspire courage. When you're an encourager and you bring encouragement to someone, What you're doing is you are inspiring courage on the inside of them. And courage is something that we need to take hold of in the days that we're living in. The lion in the Wizard of Oz, he was looking for courage, but he didn't know where to go to find it. So he went looking. In the land of Oz. But what he found. When he sought after courage. Was that courage. Would be found. In his own heart. And so God tells us. To be strong. And to be very courageous. He didn't say. That you would always feel courageous. But he said to be courageous. And there's a difference. You take a step of faith and you be courageous. In Joshua 1.9, it says, I have commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. That word dismayed is translated in other translations as discouraged having a lack of courage. Why? Well, you know that song we just sang? There it is. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. (laughs) Wherever you go. God spoke these words to the children of Israel before they went in to take the land that he had given them. Wherever I go, he said, or wherever you go, I am with you. I want you just to close your eyes for a moment. I want you just to say that wherever I go, God is with me. And God is for me. Therefore, I will not be afraid. I will be strong and very courageous. God is with us, and if God is with us, who can be against us? You know, in Hebrews, he said, He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless. Nor forsake you. Nor let you down. Nor relax my hold upon you. Assuredly not. Have you found that to be true in your life? Oh, that's a comfort, isn't it? That's a strength. That produces strength in your heart. When you know that God will not leave you. He will not forsake you. The spirit of courage is the spirit of faith. And the spirit of faith abides in us. By and through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. Yesterday in the news, there was a report. And the report that was given on most of the uh, stations was that there would be a double digit drop just ahead. Well, you know, our pastor under the unction of the Holy Ghost had a different report that we need to put our trust in. His report is in double-digit increase. So whose report will you receive? Whose report will you believe? When there was darkness in Egypt, you know, when the plagues came on Egypt, when there was darkness in Egypt, do you know that there was light in Goshen? There was darkness. Light where God's people dwelt in the city of his people, he had provision and God. Here's what I found out. God is going to preserve you. He is going to sustain you. He's going to lift you up and he's going to bring you out and he's going to increase you. Through faith and patience, you too are going to inherit the promises of God. Upon these promises, we stand. And having done all to stand, we stand, therefore. You know, the Apostle Paul taught us a valuable secret. If you turn to Philippians chapter 4, we're going to take a look at that. Starting at verses 10 through 14. Philippians 4, verses 10 through 14. And it says this. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly. That now at the last, your care of me has flourished again. Wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. The Next verse, please. Not that I speak of respect of want. For I have learned in whatever state I am then, therein to be content. I know both how to abase and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. You know, I like the way verse 12 reads in the living translation. It says this, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret. Here's a secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty. Whether it is with plenty or with little. You see what Paul was saying here. Is he learned how to be grateful. For what he had. He had a grateful attitude. A grateful heart. And a grateful heart is a happy heart. It is a heart that's full of peace. The heart that's always longing for something else. You know looking for something more. That's a heart of lust. And you know. They're never grateful. They're never enjoying what they have now on their way to what God has for them. You've got to stop and take inventory and look at what God has done for you. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, in the message version, it says this. A cheerful disposition is good for your health. Causes lots of endorphins to be released. Lots of chemical things in your brain. It's health to you. But it says doom and gloom or gloom and doom leave you bone tired. Or we could say it leaves you depressed. Amen. Attitude has everything to do with positioning you for the promise. Amen. In the King James Version, it says, A merry heart does good like a medicine. The definition of medicine is this, out of Webster's. Any substance used as a drug for treating disease or relieving pain. You know, some stinking thinking could be disease. It can eat you alive. You got to get rid of that stuff. You got to cast it down. And you got to replace it with a grateful heart. It's You know, many lives have experienced painful things. We all have. We've gone through some very difficult, hard places in this life. But God has the medicine to heal that pain. And so when we go to him and we we take hold of his promises and we put trust in his word, we can be joyful. We can have that cheerful disposition. But then we have to maintain it, don't we? We have to maintain a grateful heart. You know how you do that? By singing to yourself in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. As a child, I would sing this song. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. I can't sing very well, but you know, count your many blessings. Count them one by one, name them one by one, and soon you will discover what the Lord has done. Amen? You got to take inventory. You got to count your blessings. You got to actually write them down. I encourage you to write down the blessings of God in your life so that you can look back on them, so that you can see what God has done for you, and he will do it again. You know, perhaps it may be a different way, a way that you don't know of. It probably will be. He's a way maker. He creates the way. Amen. If there isn't one, he creates it. And he'll do it again for you. He'll make a way when there is no way. So, you know, around here, God, uh, the Holy Spirit has had pastor ministering to us over the course of a couple of years on the subject. Double. The word double. Double is what? Double is doable. You know, his words, God's words are not without purpose. He's not like man. He doesn't just speak idle words. An idle word is a word that is unemployed or inactive. But you see, God's words are alive and they're active and they're full of power. And they don't return void to him. But they accomplish that which he pleases. And they prosper in the places that he sends them. See, God employs his words so that they will work for his purpose. And that's what we have to do. We have to employ our words. So that they will work for God's purpose in our lives. Double is doable. We've got to be an imitator of God to receive that. That's one thing I know. Increase. Increase family is coming to this house. And increase is coming to your house. So take hold of it. Be ready for it. Look after it. We're going to talk about some things tonight. On how increase comes. Because it'll come in diverse ways. The way it'll come to you is different than the way it may come to me. But it's all good. It's all good. Have you ever discovered that, you know, there isn't a formula? That, you know, A plus B doesn't always equal C? Sometimes it's Z plus G that equals C. And you can't always figure it out. But he will lead you. He will guide you. And he will provide for you if you keep your trust in him. Now, on Sunday, Pastors Tom and Kimberly shared an awesome testimony. All's I can say is get the CD. It was such a powerful anointing on Pastor Tom and Pastor Kimberly as they shared, and as he preached and taught the word. It was so rich. But they had a situation, I'm not going to go into detail on it, but they had a situation where their mortgage on their house, they had taken some money out of their house, some equity, to purchase a second home to plan and plan for the future, for retirement. In the course of that, uh, we know we had a different situation happening in our uh, economy and the market fell and the place that they were in. You'll have to get the, the testimony in full so you can hear the details of it, but they had to sell that place. They ended up able to sell it, but then their loan on their home that they took the money out for the second home, the property value fell. They were underwater. And they had this loan on there that wasn't a very good loan. It was a bad loan. And their payments had increased a $1,000 a month, and it wasn't good. And so in September, coming up this September, they were going to have their loan adjust again. And that was not a good thing. And so they were contending and and pleading the case. And so um, what they did is, first of all, Pastor Tom and Pastor Jimmy were led to write a letter. And they put this letter together, and they, it was a petition, really, a request asking for, them, for the bank to do something about this loan. And so uh, we prayed for utterance for that letter. And God granted utterance to Pastor Tom. You know, I think it took a while to write that letter. <laughs> First it was too long, and then it was too this. And, and you know what, though? It was just right. It was just right. And so they were diligent not to quit seeking after a solution to this situation. They didn't hear an, they, you know, everywhere they went, they heard a no, but they didn't hear a no from God to stop pursuing. Now, if God tells you to stop pursue, then stop pursuing because you're going to waste your time, your energy, and probably your money. But in this case, that wasn't the case. They were pursuing, they were going after this situation. And so they did. And so we prayed for favor, for the favor of God, the favor of God to come down and shine upon that letter and illuminate it before the eyes of the ones who could help in this situation. And that favor was granted. That favor accessed provision for them. And during the course of this time, this wasn't just weeks. It was months, over a year really. They remained faithful. They continued to sow, to give, to tithe, to bless other people, to forgive debt on other people. They continued to do that. And so this resulted in their bank, Chase, refinancing their loan and forgiving their debt $100,000. All that interest that had been adding up that was unjust We pleaded for justice to be established, and God caused that debt cancellation to come to them. They just simply got a call one day, and the guy on the other side of the line said, hey, I'm going to make your day. And boy, did he make their day. And this is not something that was done. This is not even something that they were applying for. This was through their bank. They were applying through other programs for this debt reduction thing but this was through their bank and somebody God anointed their eyes to see his letter and that favor came upon them and God blessed them. And I'll tell you on time too, didn't he praise God. And so I want to share a couple more testimonies with you tonight that will bring encouragement to you, that will inspire courage in your heart. You now, my friend Cynthia Jones, she's working in the nursery tonight with Luther, her husband, And, um, she's caring for your babies in there, but she always says that, you know, you can't have a testimony without a test. So when you're going through a test, just say, all right, here comes my testimony. Now, Bertie is not here tonight. Most of you know, Bertie and she wasn't able to be here tonight, but you know, I want to tell you about a testimony. She was sitting here in our church. She was in church. Two weeks ago, and pastor was again preaching on the word double, encouraging us in that. And so as she was sitting there, pastor led us in a confession concerning that double. And, you know, she had been out of work for a while and she thought, you know, single would be good at this time, but okay. (laughs) My pastor said double. And she received the word in her heart from her pastor. Okay, God, I receive double. You know, we may not know the how, but we know the who. And sometimes we don't even need to know how the seed grows. We just know that we need to plant it. That's our job. That's our part. And then God's part is to bring the increase. And so that's what she did. She planted the word In her heart, sort of like Mary did, she pondered and received that word and was pregnant with it and gave birth to it. You have to receive God's word. You have to become pregnant with it and then give birth to it. Now, I have to go back a couple of years. Two years ago, Bertie was sent right back here, and she was in praise and worship, and the Holy Spirit began to move on her. And as he moved on her, he said to her, I want you to turn around and look behind you. And she, she turned around and glanced and she turned back and, I want you to turn around and look. It rose up in her heart. So she turned back again and she looked around and didn't see nothing. Turned back around and again, the third time, the voice of the Lord said to her, strong, I want you to turn around and look. So she turned around on the third time and she looked over into the corner and she saw a lady standing there. And this lady, she looked like in her face that she had her hand in a vice grip and somebody was squeezing it because there was pain all over her face. Pain from the personal situation that she was dealing with. You know. Well, God said to her, I want you to help her. And so Bertie said, I will, Lord. And she did. She came alongside of her. And for a year, just poured in the oil in the wine for this two-year period, I guess it was. Or maybe it was a year period. And so what happened was, uh, just recently, a few months back, Bertie's husband, Anthony, had graduated from a 15-month management training program. And Bertie decided to have a uh, a celebration party for him. And so she invited some friends, and this lady was invited, and the lady came. And the lady brought her husband, who Bertie had not met. And so after the party, you know, they had a great time, and after the party, there was lots of salad left. So Bertie called up this lady the next day, and She said, you know, I have all the salad left, and I know you love salad, and I want to thank you for coming. Thank your husband for coming. I know you love salad. Why don't you come back over, and I'll give you some salad if you'd like. And she said, okay, great. So they went back over, and she got the salad together, and as she was fixing some things up, she was standing in the kitchen. She said they began to have this conversation, and her husband, who came with her to pick up the salad, began to talk about his work. And he said to Bertie, You know, I have this situation, and he shared it, and Bertie said, You know, I had a previous job, and I handled the situation similar to that, just like this. And so she she told him, and she gave him some other thoughts. She gave him the wisdom of God. Well, what happened is, you know, again, remember bringing us back to two weeks ago when Pastor was preaching on the double? Bertie was leaving the church right after she had just said, I'm going to believe the word of my pastor. I received double. She was leaving the church and she got a call as she was leaving. And it was this lady. And the lady said to her, you know, my husband just called and he wants to talk to you. He wants to meet with you. And he's out on the golf course. Can you call him? And so she did. And he asked her to come to the golf course. Well, she didn't really want to go to the golf course. And she was thinking he wanted to tell her about something else that had to do with a weight loss program and strength training. Because she's on a program and she's on a mission. She thought, you know, I'm dressed for church. I really don't want to go. It was really hot that day. It was the day it was really hot. But she said, you know, I'm going to go. So she went and she met him at the golf course. And they got there and they began to talk. talk, And it turns out that he's a general manager of a city service here. I won't tell you which one, but he's a general manager. And he told her that he went back to his work and told his superior about this wisdom that she had imparted to him. And he said, you know, I spoke to a consultant about that situation and they gave me this advice. And so his boss said, hey. That sounds good. Let's do that. And so they went on to discuss other situations. And so a matter came up where they needed somebody to handle a certain thing. And they said, well, what about this? Well, we've done this before, and it's cost that. But what about that? And then the boss all of a sudden says, hey, what about that consultant? Why don't you talk to that consultant and hire them for this project? Contract them out. And so Bertie got got this contract as a consultant. What did she give him? The wisdom of God. And when she figured it up, it was double the pay of her last job. (laughs) Glory to God. That's going to bring a whole lot of increase. It increases her, her resume. I was a, a consultant for a... I won't say the city service, but it is. Praise God. Hallelujah. Double is... Double, double is double. So how did she possess the double in this situation? That's my question to you. Well, first of all, she was obedient to the Holy Spirit two years back. Because she turned around and looked back not once... Not twice, but the third time. Second, she sowed seeds of love and compassion and care. Amen? I want to read something to you out of this book here. This book is uh, The Love Revolution. And this is uh, by Joyce Myers. And she has different people who have written things in here. And this one happens to be by um, John Maxwell. And we love John Maxwell. And talk about love and compassion and care. And he says here, years ago, I came across a piece of, uh, about someone who felt fell into a pit and couldn't get out, and how others treated that person, okay? A subjective person came along and said, I feel for you down there. An objective person came along and said, well, it's logical that someone would fall down there. A Pharisee said, only bad people fall into pits. A mathematician calculated how the individual fell into the pit. A news reporter wanted an exclusive story on the person in the pit. A fundamentalist said, you deserve the pit. A Calvinist said, if you've been saved, you would never fallen into the pit. Um, A charismatic said, just confess that you're not in the pit. A realist came along and said, now that's a pit. A geolog- geologist told him to appreciate the rocks data in the pit. An IRS worker asked if he was paying taxes on the pit. The county inspector asked if he had a permit to dig the pit. A self-pitying person said, you haven't seen anything until you've seen my pit. (laughs) An optimist said, things could be worse. A pessimist said, things could get worse. Jesus, seeing the man, reached down and took him by the hand and lifted him out of the pit. Amen. Because you see, that's what Bertie did. She came alongside that woman to lift her out of the pit and through building a relationship of love and care and compassion that led her to a place where she possessed the double. Amen. So sowing seeds of love, remaining faithful, drawing on the wisdom of God and simply sharing it with somebody. It reminds me of Joseph you know, who had been in prison for, for what, 13 years? When suddenly he went from prison to the palace overnight because what? He simply shared the wisdom of God. He first had to hear from God, you see. You got to know God to hear from God. And then he shared seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. And so what you got to do is you got to store up when there's plenty for seven years so that when famine comes, you have a supply. And so through that wisdom, we know that not only Egypt was saved, but others came to Egypt to buy their grain. So he prospered in famine. Amen. Expect the suddenlies in your life. That's how Birdie possess the double. Sometimes adventures with God are just that way. You know, the Samaritan lady who met Jesus at the well, Jesus asked her for a cup of water. That's a pretty natural thing. You're just going to get a drink of water. But going to get a drink of water can become a supernatural encounter with God. And it did for that lady there because all of a sudden she was given living water. I know Uh, recently, Pastor Brian and I were going to the storage room upstairs to rearrange some things that needed to be done. And as we stepped in, we're moving stuff out, and and we began to talk about his sister. You pray for Pastor Brian's sister. Amen? Wholeness, healing, restoring all in her life. As we stepped in there, We were talking about her, and all of a sudden, a spirit of prayer fell on us. And we began to pray over her, pray for her, intercede, bind, and loose some things. And I believe that prayer is effective, and it's working, and it's making a difference. So we started off doing a very natural thing, stepping into a closet. But it became a very supernatural thing. I said, Pastor Brian, you thought we were going to the storage closet, but we were going to the prayer closet. (laughs) So look for those those places where God will open things up. You never know what God's up to. You never know what he's up to. So expect supernatural encounters. Now, I want to share another person's testimony. This is Michelle Morris. God bless her. She's such a blessing. And you know, my relationship grew with her because we served together on a team. And some of the richest relationships I have in this church are because there's people that I've served with. I encourage you to serve. Get in where you fit in. And so Michelle, she was working for a company, and about three years ago, she left the company here on this side of the bay to go to work on the other side of the bay to work for her current employer. And about a year and a half ago, she received a promotion. She uh, was promoted to the position of controller of that company. And she reports directly to the CEO. And, you know, that position came with a lot more responsibilities. Amen, Ingrid? No increase was given at the time because the company was in a position. I won't go into details, but they couldn't give an increase at that time. But she continued to do what Ephesians says to do, to work as unto the Lord. Faithful, diligent, keeping her heart right, even though there was no compensation for it. Well, during a general conversation that she had last week, something came up about the toll on the bridges and how the tolls increased they're talking about in- increasing it again. And so Michelle just turned over and simply said to this CEO, well, time for raise, You know, just playing around, cheerful. And the CEO looked back at her and said, well, write it up. <laughs> and she kind of was a little surprised and a little taken back. And she said, really? Okay, how much? And he said, Write it up. <laughs> write what you want. So she called me because she's a person of integrity, and she says, what do I do with this? Now, there's two figures. I could ask for this, is, which is, you know, this, or I could ask for this. And I said, what's just? And she said, well, I just want to make sure, da-da-da. And I said, yeah, he told you to ask for what you want. So ask for what you want. It's right and it's just. And so she asked for what she want and she received the raise. Now, her income, since she left the place over here that was very convenient close to her home and sought off looking for another uh, place of employment because God was leading her, within a three year time, her salary has doubled. <laughs> She just figured it out. It doubled. Double is. Doable. Double is doable. Amen. Did you want to say something? Praise God. Hallelujah. So how did she possess that double? Well, she was patient and, uh, and through faith and patience, we inherit what the promise she kept working and she kept her heart, right? And you know what? Sometimes there's a labor to doing that, you know, Proving time. She had a proving time with that CEO. Showing their val- showing her value to them, being committed to the welfare of that company. Okay? She had to learn to work through and deal with different conflicts. And when you feel like you're not justly being paid for something, that can be a thing you do have to work through. Okay? But here's what she said she learned. The grass is not greener on the other side. And, you know, I always say this. You still have to mow it. And from this side of the fence, you can't see the dog's business. So, you know, you got to remain faithful and you got to remain joyful, joyful. She's a person of joy. And the Bible says when you fall into diverse temptations, testings and trials, this was a testing to stay faithful, to maintain a right heart, a right attitude. You're to count it all joy. And counting it all joy is not an emotional reaction. It's a deliberate, intelligent appraisal of a situation from God's perspective. Amen? Learn to view trials. And this is one thing she said she did. She learned to view this time as a means of moral and spiritual growth. What can I learn in this? How can I grow through this? God will increase you in wisdom as you do. It is the strong spirit of a man that sustains him in the day of adversity. In that evil day, what's the evil day? The day the enemy comes. Amen. But the strong spirit of a man will sustain you. I know many people who have lost their jobs and lost their, their homes in this economy, the devil has worked to steal, kill, and destroy. But here's what I also what I know. Because in whom I believe, I can trust. And I can rest. Knowing that God is going to take care of each and every situation. Because he is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. And we may not know the how, but we do know the who. Glory to God. We may not know how he's going to resolve a situation, how he's going to restore. I mean, it might be for you a relationship. It might be, again, a job. It might be a home. It might be some other situation that's in your life, and you just don't know how it's going to work out. We don't know the how, but we know the who. That's how this church has been founded and built. I mean, we don't know how financially. This is a miracle we are standing in. We don't know how, but we know the who. And we depend on him. And we believe in him. And we trust in him. And therefore we rest. Amen. So you might not know how. But you can know the who tonight if you're here tonight, you've never met Jesus.